sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. By far the most published and most sold book in world history is the Bible. Uh, today, though, in English, you can buy the Bible in all sorts of different editions, different translations, different versions. Uh, and especially during this Advent season, people are shopping. What Bible do I get for myself or for a loved one? That's what we're going to talk about today on Ignition. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's episode, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do so is by email, and the address is also simple, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. I am joined in studio once again by Brene Krenz. It sounded for a second like you were going to slip into your German accent. No, no, <laughs> no German for you. Oh, that is. Okay, back. I'm back. It's funny that this is the topic today because just this morning I was cleaning out some of the books in my office and I have, I had it was the Bible that has been in that office for probably, I don't even know how many years, mm-hmm. and it's a terrible translation. Ooh. I have no Ooh. idea what it was, terrible but I've looked at, it, looked at it a couple of times. I'm like, what is this? It's way crazy. So, so I removed it from my office. And what did you do with it? I, gave, I understand that you can give those to uh, Mo for the prison ministry. So prisoners are entitled to uh, that's ter- what I ter- said. That, terrible translations. Your office suggested I do that. And I oh. said, really, this translation? And she's like, it's better than no Bible, right? I said, well, that's true. Yes, it is. So, yes, it is. That's, Great. Well done. Headed I was, down there. Did, I'm glad you didn't recycle it. or uh, Right. I didn't want to didn't feel right it. about that, but yeah, I don't want to use it for the Bishop's Bulletin. Right, right. It, uh, well, we'll talk about that. What do you do with a Bible when it's done? We'll yes. talk about that later. Yeah. That's a question that I've gotten, re- actually, Recently. via you, I've yeah. gotten a, a, a time or two that question has been posed to me. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that another time. Another question that I get uh, from time to time is, as I teased at the opening, um, what Bible do I buy, whether for myself or yeah. for somebody else? It's not exactly a simple thing. You want, you're like, where are the Bibles? I'm going to get a Bible. <laughs> You're like, oh. So whether you go to like a Catholic bookstore, like here in, in Sioux Falls, we have the mustard seed, um, or you go to uh, like a Barnes and Noble, mm-hmm. or uh, I don't know if B. Dalton is still around, but that was the, uh, Not here anyway. Not, yeah. um, or uh, uh, online Amazon, mm-hmm. the Bible. Oh my gosh. Talk about analysis paralysis. For those of us who are like um, prone to too many choices makes hard decisions. Right. Uh, that is definitely something. So I, yes. I thought it'd be, again, and especially because um, folks are listening to this in the middle of December, if, if you're listening to this when this episode comes out, and you might be thinking, like, what Bible do I get? Right. Again, well, maybe for somebody else, but maybe it's a present to yourself. Right. So, Renee, um, what do you know about Bible translations? Well, I know the official one from the USCCB, United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, is the New American Bible translation, uh, revised edition. Yes. So uh, so that's what I use for the Bishop's Bulletin. Right. So, and by official, you mean? That's what they use. Yeah. So, <laughs> And that's the one they have said, this is the one we use and the one we recommend. Mm-hmm. So. so that's the one you'll find if you go to the website, because you can find the text mm-hmm. of that Bible mm-hmm. on the, the USCCB's website. Great. We'll come back to, the, to back to the New American Bible in a little bit. What else do you know about 
Bible translations. Well, I know that you can get like <clears throat> just the New Testament. You can mm. get just the Gospels, um, different translations. Well, now you're not talking about difference between Bible and Prote- Catholic Bible and Protestant Bible necessarily, are you? You can okay. you can answer however you like. So there's definitely differences between Protestant Bibles, and sure. Catholic Bibles. Yep. Yep. Um, and I don't even know why there's so many different translations. That's kind of a mystery. I hope you can answer because <laughs> it's like it should well, be just the Bible. Can you just tell us what it is? Right, what it says. Yeah. Um. So there's a couple things there because there is. So first of all, there are multiple different translations, and and the the Catholic Protestant we'll, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit. But just to to make brief reference, even among just there are at least five. I think I, I think I'd say there are three primary Catholic translations. Mo- there are three that are the, by far the most popular Catholic modern English translations okay. of the Bible. Okay. But there's still a couple that were made. Well, one made in the last hundred-ish years, uh, and another uh, an older English um, one. So Is they're, that the they're Douay, Douay Reims. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So just wrote, you mentioned the New American Bible, the Revised Standard Version Catholic Edition or Second Catholic Edition, mm-hmm. and then the New Jerusalem Bible. Um, oh, okay. So there's a three primary, I'd say, and we'll talk about the, each of them in a little bit. Um, but then there's the Monsignor Knox, Ronald Knox, an English priest hmm. in the 20th century, I think, yeah, early 20th century. He translated the Bible himself from the original languages. Um, so that, that's, a, that's a known one. And then the Douay Reims. Right. Uh, which is actually probably more well known than the, than the Knox translation. Right. I had not heard of that one. Uh, but that's so. Those are probably the five. Uh, there may be additional, but those are the five primary Catholic translations. Then, when you open up beyond that, <laughs> and that's just English, right. and we're still just talking about the English um, tra- uh, translations of the Bible. But so there's the translations first, and then there's beyond that. There's the editions, so you can <laughs> yes. have the same. So I have. He, if you're not watching this instance. on video, Dr. Bergwald has have seven, tables seven, yes, books. <laughs> seven books laid out in front do, of him. I do, I do. And so, I assume these are all some sort of Bibles. Bible. Well, in one case, it's actually just a study Bibles. One is, is a resource. Okay. Just one. Okay. Um, so there is, and I'll talk about this if you're looking, you won't, I'm not going to talk about it yet, but this is, these two Bibles are the same translation, but they're okay. obviously different editions. They, right. They look different. Uh, they have a little bit different. Um, extra materials within them. Mm-hmm. So different translations and then different editions of the same translations. So why so many? Why why translations at all, Brene? That, that's, yeah, I don't get that. Well, do you read Greek? It, okay, or Hebrew? right, right. So there's going to be... <laughs> such as not. There's definitely, we have to translate it from those languages, but yes. shouldn't the translation in English always be the same? Ah, so that's a great, yes, that is kind of, if it's not the million dollar, yeah, it's one the of the million dollar questions. Yeah. So first of all, going back, I remember when I was doing my graduate studies at the Pontifical University of St. Thomas Aquinas in Rome, commonly called the Angelicum. Um, at the Angelicum, I asked one of my biblical professors when I was doing graduate studies, um, Father, what, what's, what's, what do you think, what's your opinion? What's the best translation of the Bible? Mm-hmm. And his response was very helpful. He said, your own. <laughs> that sounds like a Protestant thing to say. I'm sorry. No. Wow. Wow. Uh, to my Protestant brothers and sisters who might be I'm tuning sorry. in. Sorry for sorry. my co-hosts. No, his point was, 
uh, read the read the the text in the original languages and then make your own like as you're reading it translate it uh, that's not very helpful no <laughs> in, not other, at in all. other words this, read the this, greek and then this try to greek yeah. so so the old testament in in primarily hebrew but also um we have some of the books we have the greek versions of them and then the new testament is oh and aramaic hebrew aramaic and then greek for parts of the old testament and greek for all of the new testament so renee go go Forget read translations, learn Hebrew, sure. Aramaic, and uh, we'll get Koine right Greek. on that. Right on it, right? Where, was the entire New Testament done in Greek? Not the entire Aramaic? New Testament. So there's a theory that maybe Matthew was originally composed in Aramaic, okay. but the the canonical, the inspired version is the Greek text. Okay. Okay. So um good question. So the so the original None of the Bible is not written in English. Duh. What? Right? I know. Shocking. <laughs> uh, so the Bible is not written in English. So what do we do if we don't and are not going to learn Hebrew, Aramaic, or ancient Greek? We have to rely on translations. Mm-hmm. And this is where, so to your point, well, can't they just translate? But how you translate, and I, might, I don't want to go too deep into the woods here because I want to get to the nitty gritty of how do you pick. But translating is much more difficult mm-hmm. than than I think many of us initially imagined. Right. Well, because um, words don't like just, the one word in Greek isn't exactly the same like thing in English necessarily. Right. And I Correct. think that's the biggest problem. So there, there's word to word, but then the, especially idiom, like, yeah. like, I'll take one. It just can get complicated really quickly. I'll give you an example. Break a leg. You know what break a leg means? Yeah. What does it mean? Do a good job or do yeah. well. And usually it's like around yeah. like a performance mm-hmm. or you can get up in front of people mm-hmm. like play maybe a speech or something. Hey, break a leg. Um, now, let's let's put ourselves 5,000 years in the future <laughs> And, and people who don't know anything about, don't, don't speak, they look at 21st century American English the way that we look at ancient Hebrew, right. Aramaic, and Greek. I'm not going to learn that. So somebody's going to translate the phrase they find in uh, ancient American English, um, <laughs> break a leg. You could translate those words literally, mm-hmm. break a leg, into whatever the, the literal... Or you can translate it, do a good job. Right. Okay. Which then could also be written in a number of ways. Right. Do a good job. Yeah. So which one is the right. best translation? Right. So there's something very similar when it well when it comes to tra- any translation, mm-hmm. whether f- from one language to another, whether it's uh, modern German into modern English yeah. Or ancient Greek into modern right. English. The challenge of how do you translate um, from one language to another is really difficult, uh, and, and that's just one example. There yeah. are all sorts of other reasons why it's it's more complicated yeah. than we might think. Like languages are structured differently, right? So right. sometimes that really wreaks havoc. Exactly. As well. yeah. So all that, like how, the order and so on. So there are all sorts of ways, and we see this in in the world of translating. Well, again, modern languages or ancient languages into English. Um, the translator has a difficult task in mm-hmm. front of them. So when it comes to translating the Bible, then um, there, there, there's, there are f- generally there are different philosophies on the best way to translate. So mm-hmm. going to the example of break a leg, some would say if if you're going to be as faithful as possible, you need to translate it 
into literally the um, the equivalent of break a leg. Not the idea, but the words. So whatever oh, the word right. for to break, snap mm-hmm. is, and whatever the word for leg is, um, you have to translate that literally. Others would say, no, it's it's okay to like. What's more important is to um, translate the idea. Right. So clearly, what those ancient Americans were trying to say was, "Hey, good luck, do a good yeah. job." Yeah. Don't break the leg on the stage. Right. Right. <laughs> so so they so they would say we you should translate it. Uh, so there, it, there's formal equivalence, dynamic equivalence are the, sort of the more technical terms. Formal equivalence in translation says you translate it more, if you will, literally, the words literally. Mm-hmm. Dynamic equivalence says you translate the idea. So so that's where break a leg in dynamic equivalence would become, hey, good job or good luck or right. whatever. What do you do when it comes to the Bible? So uh scholars have gone around with this for a long time they still go around this uh, go around about this but i want to go back just to illustrate this if you don't mind um and you don't i'm not asking for what the translation was but you mentioned earlier um that in your office mm-hmm. you got rid of uh, a bad translation mm-hmm. so why was it a bad translation the to me the like you would you would see a verse and you would read it that compared to the New American Bible translation. And it just came off as very different in the meaning of it. Um, It's hard to explain without like seeing the two together. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, But it was just, it seemed very different in a lot of ways. So there are some translations which take the idea of dynamic equivalence, or you want to like basically translate the idea of what's being said Mm -hmm. very far, where where the translation becomes very modern American. Right, right. Almost, almost a paraphrase. Right. Yes. Uh, and and people look. The, the problem with that is when you're doing that, it's really easy for the translator to uninten. Well, maybe intentionally, but usually unintentionally put too much of themselves right. put a into bias the text. In it, exactly. Accidentally. Yeah. So you're going to translate the word well or the idea. Well, do you what idea? Mm-hmm. The author's idea. How do you know it's the author's idea? And not, if you're now putting it into a different way of saying basically the same thing, right. was that your idea or is that the author mm-hmm. in the other languages' mm-hmm. idea? So that's that. That can be the problem with dynamic translation. So the more the dynamic dynamic equivalency, formal equivalency, uh, and we're bringing bring an end to this pretty quickly. I promise. Formal <laughs> equivalency says. To avoid that whole thing of the translator unintentionally inserting themselves into the text of the translation, it's better to go with a more literal translation. Mm-hmm. So break a leg in ancient American English would become in this future language, literally break a leg. And then it's the job of the reader to understand and educate right. themselves. Oh, well, when those crazy Americans in 2021 said break a leg, they weren't saying, hey, do yourself some bodily damage. <laughs> it was their, right. way, their way of saying good luck. And that might be a good place for a footnote. Exactly. Yes. Yes. A footnote. So, so that's where, and, and looking at Catholic translations, mo- most of them today and the three that I, the, the, well, all five that I mentioned, but the three most well-known, I would all generally, generally, and there, there's a continuum, but they fall more towards the um, formal equivalence. Okay. 
They, they're more about translating the word. But there is, even there, there's a gradation. I'll talk about that more in just a moment. But okay. if you're just tuning in, welcome to the show. You're list- this is Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, visiting today with Renee, Cr- Renee Kranz is your name. You can oh, do excited. it. You can do it. Slow down. Bill <laughs> said, slow down. Renee Kranz. That's so much better. About, yeah, boy, that's very different from the last 15 minutes of the show. Um, about translations of the Bible, mm-hmm. picking and editions of the Bible. So... Um, I mentioned the three big ones among for modern American English are the New American mm-hmm. Bible, revised edition, you mentioned, uh, the New Jerusalem Bible, okay. and then the revised standard version Catholic edition or second Catholic edition. Among these, probably the, the most literal one, um, and it is, I'll be honest, it's my favorite, uh, is the Revised Standard Version Catholic Edition. Okay. No disrespect to the to U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. Um, <laughs> the reason the reason it's official, by the way, do you know why? Do you know why the NABRE is the official, if quote unquote? I do not. Because the U.S. Bishops Conference commissioned it to be done back in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 hired some scholars, so the U.S. Bishops Conference owns the copyright to the NAB. Sure, that makes sense. Uh, it's not about it's not all about money. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> but they do like they paid and 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 it's still it's always it's we've got the revised it. It's always a work in progress right. because again, translating you want to make it understandable to. Sure. People today, yeah. so there will be continually, even with a formal equivalency, more literal approach. There's going to be some um, tweaks necessary. Right. right. Um, yeah. So the NABRE, uh, the NJB, New Jerusalem, and then the RSVCE. The RSVCE is is my favorite um, because it's the most literal. Okay. I do. I, I'm with those who would say it's better to make the text as literal as possible and then yeah rely on study aids right. footnotes commentaries other me. things yeah. to explain so um Jacob hated Esau no not Jacob uh Isaac hated Esau I think that's you, you read a lot about people hating um people in the Bible mm-hmm. and sometimes God hating people right well, that's that's an idiom where it means they're loved less. Oh, okay. That's not what it means to you and me. Jesus, he who uh, does not hate his father, mother, brother, sister, is not mm-hmm. with anyone. Mm-hmm. Jesus, what you, you said to love your neighbor as yourself. Right. Well, that's an idiom, and there's also again break a leg, an idiom. Right. Uh, but I think it's better for us to like if Jesus said. Um, he who loves his brother and sister more than me. I understand what that means, but that's not what the actual Greek says. So put the Greek into English as literally as possible. And then I will do have to do the work, but I'll do the work of figuring out. So those are the, I'd say again, the uh, Dewey Reams and Monsignor Ronald Knox's translations. They're around, but the big ones are the NJB, the NABRE and the RSVCE. A lot of letters going on. A lot, on of, around a lot here. of letters. <laughs> um, all three of them are fine. If you're really interested, people would say, and I am with this, get more than one. Right. Because no translation is perfect. Having more than one translation is a good way to, and comparing them can be a good way to try to get a sense of what the original language yeah, said. Sure. So I would say with that, this is this is the NAB, not the RE. This is an older one. The New American Bible and the RSVCE are probably your two. 
the two translations okay. I would recommend. Okay. Now, then, of that, what edition do you get? Okay. <laughs> this is definitely getting much more into opinion, but I have become a fan of the Great Adventure Bible, mm -hmm. uh, which Ascension Press has just started publishing in the last couple of years. Yeah. I have I have an, uh, an edition of the RSVCE called the Ignatius Bible because they're the ones who publish that mm -hmm. translation. Um, but it's it's just the text with a few a very few footnotes. Oh, okay. The, I like footnotes. The Great Adventure <laughs> Bible has not a lot more footnotes. It has some more footnotes, but it's got some articles mm -hmm. to introduce the different timelines, the different historical eras. Right. Um, it's got other articles. Uh, it, it's got the color, the nice colored color tabs, mm -hmm. color-coded tabs. So I like this as sort of still one like relatively compact Bible. I think we bought that one for our nephew for his confirmation. Yeah. It's a good especially for someone who might be new to the Bible. Yes. I yes. Think, feel like that's a good That'd one. That'd be good. Now, I didn't bring with me my copy of um, The Word on Fire mm. by Gospels. That's published Robert Barron's Apostolate Word on Fire. They've done um, uh, an edition of just the Gospels with a lot of articles and commentary yeah. and so on. A lot yeah. of that from Bishop Barron. That kind of gets into the whole study Bible approach. Yes. So with study Bibles, my easily, easily top go-to recommendation at least for the New Testament, the Old Testament's still in process. It's not out yet uh, completely, but the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible. Yep, I think I have that one. Uh, you you yeah. probably do. This is, now this is. That's big. This is as big as the. And that's just the, the New Testament. And that's just the New Testament. Yeah. yeah. So it's got all sorts of yes. commentary. Like you, oftentimes half or less of the, a third, maybe a quarter of the page is the Bible Actual text Bible verses. <laughs> and below that is the commentary. So right. if you want to dive in a little bit more to understand, mm -hmm. this is easily for, for uh, um, people who are just want to understand more. I've, mm -hmm. I've read the Bible or I've done some Bible studies, but I want to dig deeper. This is easily my favorite um, study Bible. But if you want to go even deeper, there's commentaries oh, where it takes each book of the Bible and unpacks it. So the Catholic commentary on sacred scripture is my go-to series on this. And I have, this is one volume on Luke. Oh, wow. Okay. So this... Luke isn't even close itself to that long. Oh, no. No. no, no yeah. Like <laughs> if I just close. pulled out Luke yeah. from here, it'd be like... Like that. Yeah, like yeah, probably like 40 or 50 pages. Yeah. Tops, 40 or 50 pages. <laughs> so this is going to be a deeper dive yet if you really want to dig into a study of, in this case, Luke. Uh, this is a series that also has, either has or soon will have all of the New Testament. Okay. Uh, and in some cases they've combined some because some of the New Testament. They're very short. Are, letters are yeah. very short, so you can combine. Um, and they might do some, but probably not all of the Old Testament in the Catholic commentary on sacred scripture. Um but then there's all sorts of other studies. There's atlases, mm -hmm. um, which I think, I mean, I'm biblical bites for Dr. B. Bill loves it when we start talking geography, geography. lesson. Um, <laughs> but for me, that is helpful. Like the example I've given before on biblical bites, um, we read, uh, like, for instance, Jesus uh, and Mary going, well, Jesus and his disciples, they're going up to Jerusalem, but you look at where they're going. They're going from Galilee, which is in the north. They're going south to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Well, looks like on a map, at least, they're going down. down to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. but I don't, uh, this is where actually the map wouldn't be enough. You need to know the geography right. where Jerusalem is on a mountain. Mm -hmm. So they're going up, to, even though they're going south, quote unquote, down on a map, they're going up in elevation. So the gospel writer tells us 
that they're going up to right. Jerusalem. Right. So having um, an atlas, uh, topographical maps or whatever can can be helpful for some of us. Um, I've got the Catholic Bible Dictionary. Ooh, a yeah. great res- the general editor of this is. Scott Hahn. Um, so this just takes words uh, and explains them. So what is the courtyard of the Gentiles in the oh. Jerusalem? The word gate. We've got like. Do you use this a lot for biblical bites? Uh, uh, or you just some, already know all that some. stuff? Oh, I I know all this stuff so well. Yeah. No, <laughs> sometimes course. I will. It depends on what I decide what I want to talk about. Um, I, I do often consult this. Right. Um, there's all sorts of other study resources that are out there that are available. So it really just depends on what you or the person, maybe who you're buying the Bible for, where are they at? Mm -hmm. What do they want? I would say um, something like the Great Adventure Bible or the NABRE. Again, there's all sorts of editions of the the New American Bible, revised edition. Some of them have some study aids and so on. I've got a study Bible for the NAB right here. Mm -hmm. Um, But where are they at? Again, I go RSVC for the translation. Um, but something like the Great Adventure Bible is really helpful because it's got those extra articles. Right, right. Um, if they want to go deeper, then you can go into the study Bibles or even the individual commentaries. Okay. So we've got about three, less than three minutes left. I've, Renee, I've thrown a lot at you and the listeners very quickly. Uh, comments, questions, just as we start to move towards an end. Um, for you or yourself on behalf of yourself or maybe the listeners. Well, I know I do have, I think I have that one on the, um, underneath this one. Yep. The, uh, yes, the uh, one on the Catholic New Testament. Bible. Yep. I really like that one because I, there's so much in there that you're like, well, what does that mean exactly? Right. And to be able to see that it really helps to understand things a lot better as you're going along. Yep. So I really like that one. Um, I'd like to get the Great Adventure, the yeah, that one, the Great Adventure Bible, because um, it looks really interesting. Some yeah. of the articles in there, yeah, they're very, and that we we actually did buy their timeline map, mm-hmm. the chart, that yeah, the chart that's really helpful too. It to is. kind of see the salvation history kind of lined up. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Jeff Cavins, the creator, if you will, of that mm-hmm. system, um, has sort of breaks down the Bible into. 12 different chronological periods of right. varying lengths. Uh, and then you look at, there's actually 14 books in the Bible of the 73 total. There's 14 that you can read to get that narrative arc, right. that overall story going from creation all the way up to the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can, that, like skip, skip Deuteronomy. You, 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 you <laughs> I don't know if you can, can or not, but Deuteron- <laughs> you can skip Deuteronomy, but it isn't the inspired word of God, Renee. So. I know, I know. <laughs> um, I, I should mention too, uh, and I made allusion to it. I didn't bring my copy of it. The Word and Fire Bible, which is being published um, chunk by chunk, the Gospels is out right now. I think act, the rest of the new. I think it's the rest of the New Testament is coming out in 2022. Mm-hmm. That um, has a lot of Bishop Barron in it, oh. um, but also other modern writers, uh, G.K. Chesterton, St. John Paul oh, wow. II, um, and then ancient uh, like saints and fathers of the church, sure. St. Augustine, St. Ambrose, guys like that. That is uh, deliberately, that edition is being published for seekers in mind. Oh, so maybe somebody who's open to learning given more. given Bishop Barron's exactly. yeah. uh, activities. So that'd be yeah. a good one. I don't always, it's the uh, the NRSV, the new revised end version, which I don't want to get into the details. I don't love that translation quite as much, but the commentary makes yeah. that Bible worth it. So yeah. just a little bit on different options for uh, different tra- the different Catholic translations that are out there and different editions for the Bible. Yeah. Then you stand there and you're like, now I need a cover. 
Exactly. Look at the 800 covers <laughs> sitting right. here. <laughs> that will be for another time. That will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Thanks for listening. Again, you can email us with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. Until next time, may God bless you.